Hi, John. How are you today? Hello. I'm I'm okay. I've 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 had a bit of a bit of a week. Uh, had, had lots to th- lots of things to do. Uh, among among the holiday, um, had a lot of schoolwork. Had a had a podcast to prepare for. Uh, <laughs> High Swap Act Two came out. The new World of Warcraft expansion came out. I I was doing a lot this week. Uh, m- more than more than's worth getting to in in the introduction to a Homestuck podcast. Every time you talk about being in school, I kind of feel bad about like not being in school anymore. But also, <laughs> I, I just I just constantly am feeling bad for you. It's it's fine. I feel bad topic. for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I I put off two kind of not not big like medium large projects. And I was like, oh, I'll just do them over, over, over Thanksgiving break, and then Never like, happens. and then, and then, uh, Hive Swap Act Two, and and World of Warcraft Shadowlands, both of which were delayed projects, both decided to have essentially the same release day, and that threw a wrench into my plans of having a nice peaceful development week, working working on my school projects. Uh, but I got him done. I got him done. That's good. I I feel like uh, it was exceedingly rare for me to ever do work over a break. Um, like I I would do it with essays every single break in when I was in school, and no matter what, like I would always end up doing all of it on the last weekend. Like I would go back. Like I would be at my I would be at my parents' house over the long break. And then I would go back at like on the Saturday the last week, and I would do it all on Sunday, and it was always horrible. Yeah, I I used to be like that, but I've gotten really good at guilting myself into doing work. <laughs> it's a skill. It's a skill for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, it's it's funny because like it it's barely homework, but like the the close thing I have to homework now, I guess, is preparing for this and making sure that I am ready to record on the weekend yeah. and that I've done the reading and I have all my notes and shit. Yeah. But as far as homework goes, it's not too bad, I gotta say. <laughs> Speaking of which, um we have a we have a pretty relatively big reading for where we're at in the comic today. So true. Uh this is probably gonna be our our last big episode. Well it depends on how we handle Cascade. It'll be the definitely the the last big one for season one. Uh, <laughs> it's it's definitely yeah. the longest the the last long page range that that we're covering. Yes, we are like what like two episodes out from Cascade now. Yeah. Um, uh, my excitement and my dread grows ever larger <laughs> the closer it looms on the horizon. Um, and just like also. Crossing the the fifty percent threshold as well is quite something. It's so good. We we've been talking a lot behind the scenes about like breaking it up, and I think I think that what we're gonna do is that like everything before Cascade is gonna be season one. Um, because I I I don't know uh, who listens, who follows me on Twitter. Probably a lot of people, but if anyone who doesn't follow me personally on Twitter, uh, and see all this dumb shit I say about Yu Gi Oh all the time, um, I was talking the other day about like how we've progressed in while doing this podcast. And I feel like while right now, I think we have a really good thing going. And I think that we've been pretty funny and done a pretty good job at picking at the comic. Uh, it's really hard to recommend people start at 
like Act One, Episode One. Yeah. Just because we had so much less of a groove, we had, like it. It's just not as good. I mean, it, it's a th- like people improved over time, and it, it's it's just it's it it's strange to like have that. It all be a linear thing where the only jumping point in is the the very first episode. Yeah. I'm, so my thought process. I'm sorry, I keep cutting. No, that's fine. Uh, I was gonna say, it, it's still kind of surprising to me that we still have people who who like start listening to the podcast and somehow enjoy the the earlier episodes. Uh, they're not all bad. They're, they're not all bad, but it's like looking back on them, they're a little cringe, just a little. Uh, <laughs> but but I mean, I mean, just today, I mean, I mean, Carcat Vantis himself said that he was a fan of the podcast. He added us on Twitter. It was great. Shout out to our <laughs> most recent followers, uh, whoever they are at this point. Um, awesome stuff. Uh, but, it, yeah. So, I was thinking, like, once we hit Act 6, then, like, we can make that... Uh, we can reintroduce ourselves. We can have, like, a, a Season 2, Episode 1, where we reintroduce ourselves uh, and say all the stuff that we said way, way back in April... Um, and, and just give people, like, another jumping on point, because I think yeah. that, for a lot of people, most notably myself, Act 6 is gonna, is, like, it, it was the falling off point, and so that might, I think that might be a big point of appeal to some people yeah. to, uh, yeah, basically. That's, that's kind of my thought process behind the scenes, um, s- since we, since the Cascade episode is no longer, like, a far-off prospect and is now within like it's gonna happen before the end of 2020 yeah it's it's no longer knocking at the door uh it's now in the room with us patiently awaiting mm. for for its time it's kind of scary yes I, I was gonna try to make some kind of joke about like the the doc scratch scenario that the narrative is currently handling itself in and but it just it just didn't come so i decided not to force it anyway uh, do you want to actually get on with the reading today, then? Let's get into this, because it's, it's a bit all over the place, it's a bit wacky, and it's a lot of content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, well, last week we discussed reader hostility and how tough the previous section was to get through. Yeah. I, f- I found this whole, the, 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 f- the clippings section remarkably easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I don't know if you share that experience. Yeah, it's fine. I I mean like it's it's kind of similar already to like what Homestuck was already doing where like we would randomly jump to it to a different perspective in in the story. It's so things that things that had a circumstantial simultaneity, yeah, if, if you will. Like it's it's no different than than what we've already been covering. It's just that it's now uh being given to us in the form of we have multiple options now. It's it's a choose your own adventure in 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 what you want to read first. But I think both of us just clicked around until we found the one that was next numerically in page order. I I didn't even click around. I just I whenever I got to like the last page for a particular clipping, I would just manually type in the next page number. Yeah, yeah. It, I I was like too lazy to do that. So I, I, for some reason, just kept going back to the center page and, like, clicking around on them. I don't know why I did that. It was really stupid, but it, we we ended up with the same result anyway. So yeah. I guess whatever. But, yeah. um, So where we were at, uh, 
we were we're in we're still POV. We the reader are in Doc Scratch's house, apartment, mansion, hotel room location. Uh, and the he is he is recently he has just finished beating the fuck out of uh Spade Slick with the with this his scrapbook, aka Carcat's old uh till death programming manual. Yeah. Slash, uh, one of the Aradiabots mythical books that has the genetic code in it, uh, the Gamzee scrawled in all the trolls' blood, uh, it, it is now Doc Stretch's scrapbook, but all the scraps are on the floor now. So we get to pick through all of these random things that are supposed to occur before the end of Act 5, Act 2, in a very meta sense, that are kind of occurring now, but, uh, let's, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Uh, so, going by page order, um, the first one on, there, there's, I think, five of these pages of clippings. So, starting on the first one, the first clipping in numerical order on here, uh, is the, is the Dave City Skyline one. And this one starts off with a, what appears to be a younger Dave on his rooftop, uh, texting Rose, they talk about Burger King, um... Dave talks about a dream he had where he was dying over and over, uh, and he was watching himself fall into all these traps and pitfalls and die repeatedly uh, from the perspective of flock of crows flying overhead, um, and how awesome of a dream this was. Rose uh, attempts to psychoanalyze this. Um, there's a weird uh, Oedipal Complex joke about mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... The payoff of this little sequence is they 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 begin to realize wait we're in a dream bubble it's a classic we've seen it before we'll see it again it keeps happening um, um I just want to say I'm a Burger King liker uh so I'm I'm turning off audacity <laughs> uh, I'm I, blocking you on Twitter. no no listen listen I am listen no no no, no, no come on come on hear me out hear me out hear me out. The, the the bacon cake burger is 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 good. It's the only thing that I will eat from Burger King. I think it's good. I see. <laughs> I I think I, it is a jewel amongst a sea of shit. <laughs> I I've never had that burger. I will say though that one I worked at Burger King. Uh, I think I brought it up. Before, yeah, but I worked you at have, Burger you King. Have. Oh, yeah, I worked at Burger King before I went to college, between high school and college, and it sucked ass, and I hate it. Um, and also the food is bad. Based on my experience with the other menu options, I'm not, I will, I, I'm going to take what you say with a grain of salt. Okay, man. Whatever you say. Listeners, <laughs> take this argument into, in, 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 <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I just shit myself. Um, <laughs> Maybe should have eaten brought Burger King. <laughs> Listeners, take take this argument into your own hands. Go to your local Burger King and order the Bacon King. It'll be the bur- best burger you'll ever eat. I promise. It's a bit messy because they always put a little bit too much ketchup and mayo, but it's fine. We're supposed to. The uh, when I when I when I ran the 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 burger counter at Burger King, you, there was a, we you, you had to like basically fucking coat the entire upper half of the bun in mayo. What the fuck? It, it is mandated that you put an insane amount of mayonnaise on a Burger King burger by design. That is so design. fucked up. I... Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, 
uh, I, I didn't write down where they come, where, where, who comes down on what side of the Burger King argument. I think they're both anti-Burger King in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is based good. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the dream that Dave describes is like pretty on the nose in terms of, oh, Dave as a time player, uh, is going to die over and over yeah. and watch himself fail repeatedly. Etc. He did say he usually dreams about puppets, though, and I I think we should take note of that. We should take note that Dave's dreams are usually about puppets. <laughs> um, uh, I don't I don't think that there's anything uh super notable in this in this conversation specifically. Um, the the mom sequence is a little bit strange. It's a little weird. Uh, it, it, it's funny though, but it's a little bit weird. Um, but yeah. Uh, so the this sets up uh Rose and Dave in a dream bubble, uh, in in their Durst pajamas, uh, on on Durst even. Yes. And there's a sword. There there is a sword. How did that I sword really get like... there? I, yeah, I really like the the like the snow tentacle monsters that Rose is making. They're cute. It's pretty good. Okay, so on to the second. <laughs> now I was just say th- these kind of these these kind of come and go. Some of them are really short. Yeah. Um, the second uh one in sequence uh is is the beginning of the the second major through line in these clippings, and this is the. John and Vriska yes. one. Um, and this is a good one. It is a good one. Uh, so, to start it out in this this little clipping, um, this is obviously a younger John, uh, still wearing the, the spade um, shirt uh, from when he was 12. On the day of him wrapping the presents for his other friends, uh, in presumably in a December, um, Vriska pesters him and, with great delight, informs him of her role, uh, basically manipulating his entire life, the the role she will play later, his death even, um, she's with much self-satisfaction. Um, once again, uh, they, they, Vriska comes to realize this is not, uh, this is not a memory, this is not a dream, or a memory, she's just, she's dead. And we're again in a dream bubble. Man, you can't you can't trust these these flashback sequences anymore. I think it's really I think it's really cool whenever it does this. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. And now we now we are also in the Vriska ambiguously dead zone again. Uh, which is is is, a, is another classic. Uh, so Vriska realizes uh. Her, that she was just killed by Terezi, um, and John is John is very confused by this conversation as Risker realizes what the situation is. Yeah. Um. And does not is is not ma- it doesn't realize that it's a dream and 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 uh realize situation until. There's the, the the iconic panel of Vriska standing on his front lawn in the snow. It gets to me. It really gets to me. I, I really like this panel. 
Um, I think everyone really likes it. Yeah, the, um, this this panel is the cover for the track. Uh, Do you remember me? Which is oh. one of the one of the better, really good Homestuck songs. That gets used in a flash later on that you've never seen, and I can't wait no, until we get to that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think there was an episode way way back in Act Two um, where I. I was commenting on the, I think it was Rose's house in, in winter, and I, I said that in my head, snow in Homestuck is often associated with very emotionally poignant moments, and yeah. this is basically 100% of what I was referring to yeah. when I said that. Very, very memorable, very iconic, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, but... Can't can't keep going on that one yet because we are yet again yanked out back to the clip the the first clippings page. Um, the next one is pretty short. Uh, Jade Sprite is is crying on the battlefield. Um, and she, she turns around and she sees uh, a a mangled, bloodied yet very much alive Dave Sprite. Dave Sprite's okay. He made it. I don't know if he's okay. He's missing a wing. He's, <laughs> he's pretty fucked up, but you know he, he's fucked he's up. Alive. Yeah, he's fucked up, but he's 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 here. He's back with us. Thank God. After, I love Dave Sprite. After after all those implications that he was dead, yes. he's not dead. Almost. He also has he also has an entire sword. Interesting. Where did he get that yeah. sword from? Where did he? Uh, we'll learn in a we'll learn a little bit, I guess. Um, the next one, uh, the, is the, the, the ship that the, the trio is on, Liv, Tyler, uh, the Courtyard Droll, and WV. Um, CD, uh, pickpockets, WV, and steals the wallet, and, uh, runs away as Liv gives chase. Fucked up. That's that one. Did, <clears throat> did WV dirty? So yeah, fucked, fucked up. up. <laughs> it's not not okay. Um, and then we get another. Then we get another real heavy hitter of a clipping. The last one on this page. Yeah. Man, it's it's another Jasper's one. Yeah. This this conversation is, is one of those ones that's like, since it's just one page, it it really slips through the cracks of memory. Because I forgot about this entirely, and I think I'm a lot of people do. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad I forgot about it because I I got to got to re-experience it and be sad. Yeah, um, it's it's good Nepeta and it's it's good Jasper Sprite. It's it, but it's it. Yeah. Um. It's. It's another goodbye moment, which is always really tough when when it comes to to Jasper's, uh, because it, there's always a bit of a flavor of it that's like letting go of a real of a real pet, yeah. which is always hard yeah. to read. Um, they the pet kind of um opens herself up a little bit, and she talks about. Uh, her crush on Carcat is one of the big topics here. Um, not by name, but it's everyone knows. Um, and 
Jasper's uh kind of answers by saying, you know, I I think that you should instead of worrying about things like that, you should just go for it. Yeah. Um which is, you know, I I, I guess good advice in general. Uh it, it it feels a lot more significant in the context of the comic, and it feels a lot more painful knowing the fate that has befallen the Peta. Yeah. Pain. Um, yeah. Jasper's talks about... Uh, Nepeta asks Jasper's uh, if there was anybody who he loved as a mate sprite uh, when he was alive, and he gives a, a, a kind of out-of-place... I, I, I feel like a little bit out-of-place uh, mention of when he was taken to be neutered, I guess. <laughs> Um, which, it's, it's funny, but, like, it, it, it's such an awkward little joke to include in this otherwise pretty emotionally, uh, charged conversation. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's funny, I guess. Okay, yeah, that, I'm gonna be honest, that joke, like, went over my head, cause, like, I don't know jack shit about, about cats, or, like, any form of, like, mm-hmm. pet. Besides, like, birds. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Uh, non-cat owners, uh, when you get a cat, um, cats, when when it's, when it's mating season, um, <laughs> they get really loud, and they will either, they will sit on the window, and they will scream, and that is what Jaspers is talking about. They will scream to the world that they are horny and they want to fuck. Um, Man. And... And you have to go, and you have to go and get them neutered uh, <laughs> when they're still young. <laughs> you have to punish them for horny crimes. <laughs> well, straight if they get out and they have kids, like stray cat colonies are a big problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, if you're a cat owner, it it might seem cruel, but it is in the best interests of the animal and the and the the local community for you to prevent it from reproducing. And also, if you don't, if you don't neuter uh, a male cat, then they they develop instincts like peeing and everything you own to mark their territory and shit. So like, th- random cat knowledge. But yeah, that's Jasper's is talking about when uh, mom took him to go get his his balls removed uh, so he could stop <laughs> being horny. Which is why it struck me as so out of place in this tender conversation between the recently deceased Nepeta and beloved Jasper's. <laughs> But the reason that I mention this is that Jasper's uh, also talks about uh, go. He talks about going places, um, and and uh, how he loved Rose as a per- as a human, um, and he mentions when he was in the incident that we saw way 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 back in Act Three when he was uh, tr- uh, a purified away. Um, how there was somebody else uh, who in in time he came to love like he loved Rose. Uh, but then, before he knew it, he was dead, and then he was alive again. Which is, uh... So that? Uh, it's, it's a pretty interesting, uh, implication dropped on us here, right here at the end of Act 5, that, that there's a bit more to the story of what happened to Jaspers. I, I wonder if that will be explored in, in the next act. And and not the only, not the last reference to that uh, sequence of pages from Act Three either. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But yeah, um, 
good conversation. Um, I, I, I think, uh, my experience in revisiting Homestuck is really going to be described as the experience of me going from, uh, Nepeta neutral. Like, well, when I was younger, I was anti-Nepeta because she was overrated to being Nepeta neutral because she didn't do anything wrong to being pro-Nepeta because of this. Nepeta good. Um, Nepeta is good. You've heard it here uh, first. Cer- yeah, certified it's a shame. good. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. Um But we we, we, we the show must go on and on we will go. Um so we we come to the second uh set of panels on 3895 uh which bring another set of the Rose and Dave panels. Uh, the arguably the most story, d- the most driving story elements among these clippings. Yeah. Um, and this one, uh, this one I think is really, really cool and interesting. Um, so they continue their shared dream in the dream bubble. Um, and Dave, uh, Rose kind of leads Dave along in remembering how they got, how we got there and what happened and why why he's dreaming. Um, he remembers waking up uh, and getting the bomb from the bunny with Tyler. Um, they There's some more talk, there's some more talk about Dave. Uh, they, they, they talk about the battle between uh, Jade and Dave and Jack. And how Dave basically did nothing to warn Jade that she was going to kill him. And Rose presses him on this and says, it's kind of cruel for you to have just let that happen and her not to know about it. And she, at one point, calls him a sociopath, basically, in, in a very in a Rose way. And Dave really takes offense to this, uh, and he basically says, hey, I'm not, I, I'm subject to the whims of fate and time, and I I couldn't do shit. If I told her about that, then knowing Jade, then she would have just never even fired her gun, and we would have just been both consigned to a doomed timeline. Um, and he kind of snaps at her and says, you know, maybe, you know, he says, like, you know how you really just fucked up and were the shittiest seer of light imaginable? Um, maybe I never wanted to be my role here either uh it, which is you know in very in line with dave content up to this point yeah you 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 kind of you kind of crunched it down a bit but it's 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 one of my favorite lines dave saying uh well maybe i never wanted to be a knight of time maybe i'd rather just be like the dave of guy you know just some dude which, yeah which is really good and and Again, one of the best insights into how Dave is and, and how he views himself. And also just a really good line. Just really yeah. funny. And the like the the kind of the painful irony I think of Dave is that of of any of the kids he excepting maybe John, uh Dave really kind of rises to the occasion of what what the game asks of him better than any of them in a very like strict sense. Yeah. Uh, but in such a way that he's, he's always, he's literally always following in his own footsteps and never really has any time to witness himself grow, I guess. Yeah. Uh, pun, maybe pun intended. (laughs) 
Um, Rose responds to this uh, by asking, you know, if if you if this whole thing was never what you wanted, uh, why did you insist on being the one to take up the suicide mission? Uh, which is, I think, where we're getting to, which is a, a good thing to press Dave on in this situation. I think. Yeah. Um. He kind of gives this lame half answer like you know because you know he's like because i should uh i'm the one who i'm the one who made the map uh and rose like well the computer just does it all for us we, there's no real reason for you to be the one to do it um let's see he's he's still pretty adamant about it um and they they eventually lead up to the events that happened before the dream and like the the the, the uh, what was before the dream started? I guess I don't know. The dreams are weird, but basically, Rose and Dave are uh, they've decided who's going to go on the moon to deliver the tumor, and they're trying to se- figure out how to separate the the moon from Durs uh, as it is chained there by a very very large chain. Um, when suddenly, uh, in metaphorical fashion a sword appears in the in the big base plate that the chain is attached to and dave rises to the occasion and thinks you know all i fucking do is break swords so i guess it's my time to shine but as soon as he he touches it to 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 check it out it just kind of comically snaps as though it was it was made for him to break he's so good at breaking swords it's it's amazing I yeah, it's it's really good that it kind of the whole mythology of like the sword and the stone and that is like I feel like when those stories are told, there it's always like the the sword came out effortlessly when the chosen one was the one to grab it, and, and but for Dave, uh, he just has to touch the sword and it just snaps in half like a piece of shit. Yeah, it's good. Um, Dave of course effortlessly slices the chain in half with it. Uh. And as he is preparing to leave, uh, Rose knocks him out with the ball of yarn and usurps his suicide mission. Um, Dave's pretty pretty salty about that. Uh, about stealing Rose stealing his moment. Um, which I I think is a a good peek behind the mask. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. For sure. Uh, but Rose herself decided that it was on her to take up this mission. Um, and that that's where, it, and we end off on this clipping by the reveal that Dave is asleep and Rose is uh, both alive and wide awake. So whatever that, whatever could that mean? I think that the setup is really really awesome and i i'm enjoying the dave content as always yeah uh uh but (laughs) yeah i mean dave continues to be an interesting character and is his acclamation or lack of to his role in the story is you know it's his thing i don't know i don't know what else to say right now because we're not done with this part yet 
but you know what we you know what we uh do have to talk about now and do have to continue moving on to is more of the John and Vriska stuff. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> Before we start recording, we discussed like how we're gonna do this, and I it, it, I feel like yeah, it's not too bad to do it in just numerical order, but I I do sort of wish that we had planned this out so we could do the these these lines continuously. Yeah. A little bit. It's whatever. Yeah, it, it's it's still fine. Uh, we continue to be bad at planning. Always will be. Things to, <laughs> things to improve on and things to not improve on in season two. Um, but yeah, uh, we're we're back to the to John and Vriska's dream bubble. Um, John still can't remember anything. Um, it's John is like so comically dense at at with, with this whole situation and just. It just feels like he's, like, refusing to remember. Yeah, it feels like that. It It's, like, very in line for John to be like this. Yeah. But it's also a little bit weird, because the characters in Dream Bubbles that we've seen so far usually catch on pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Ruska continues to elaborate on the situation, and make fun of him in a lighthearted way. Um, and, uh, they eventually agree, uh, to, uh, to, you know, since John can't remember, maybe showing, maybe going on a little tour around the dream bubbles would, would, uh, would maybe jog his memory. It's not a date, though. Not a date. It's not gonna be a date, a date until John remembers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, sad. Um, so John kind of shows Vriska around the neighborhood, um, in a. It's 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 I don't I think quaint would be the word I would use to describe this. It's it's cute. Um, it feels very small scale and low stakes, which is. Yeah, I. I, I'm glad you said that because like the the first few panels of this, uh, particularly like Vr- Vriska standing next to the pogo ride, I was like, man, Act One was a long time ago, and I don't know. It made me like nostalgic for like <laughs> for like when everything was just about John, just like digging around in his house. Yeah, it. I think that this. The sequence is effective not only because like it it makes it a lot more effective the way that it kind of calls back to simpler times both for the reader and for the characters yeah um and it's really 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 good uh John just kind of describing like in a very innocuous way all of the the the, the circumstances surrounding his upbringing and all this stuff the the, the slime ghost pogo ride and stuff while Vriska is like, man, this is nothing like what I had growing up. It, it's it's very cute. Yeah. Um, and it's it feels like a breath of fresh air in a way. Huh. 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 Um, breath. The, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> 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 Uh, okay. <laughs> Alex, can, okay. you, can you edit in uh, a, a studio laugh track? 
Can you make her awkward? Can you just loop her awkward laughs for like forty five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> um. So the they're they're not a date. Uh, continues. Um. And so, what was it? Um. Which which page is it that Vriska explains ecto ancestry? Um. Um. Ah, thirty nine oh nine. Um, we get to this point where Vriska, uh, explains to John, um, the, the, the process of ectobiology, um, which does not spark any memories, um, as, as uh, they visit, as they visit the lake, uh, by which, um, John touched down, or where Jade touched down, um, as they continue uh, venturing through the dream bubbles, they they end up on uh, Alternia, uh, and they Vriska shows John her hive, and I think I this page I think is also pretty poignant. On um, specific, what stood out to me uh, specifically is this line on thirty nine twelve. Um, where they're taught, where Vriska is talking about the, the hive she grew up in, um, and how she kind of feels about it. And she says here, um, uh, my design kind of got boring as I got older. A huge castle hive sounds great, but it starts feeling pretty not cavernous and lonely after a while. There were so many stock, there were so many blocks that never been used. Your tastes change, but you get stuck with growing up in a place suited to your earliest, most juvenile inclinations. Nobody, t- nobody tells you that when you're a kid, though. And that's Vriska. Yeah, yeah, she's spitting. She's she's straight up spitting facts over here. It's crazy. Like, yeah, um, the a microcosm of yeah, it, it Vriska's like childhood and the way she tried to model herself after Mindfang and now herself in in her current state, state, just kind of wanting to start over and not, maybe not be uh, the villain and an asshole. Um, and I love the response to this, um, when, when John says, he compares this to the clown thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, <laughs> that's the character dynamic. It's so good. I love that. It's really good. Um, they continue talking, um, they, uh, as they, they go through Vriska's hive. Um, uh, Vriska kind of hurriedly skims over the, the memory of the, the jet device stuck in the, in the spider web and the, and the fairy dress. Um, and thankfully for her, uh, they ended up wandering back into the Egbert home before just to get too hard, much back into that. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, they see Dad's room. Uh, they John sees the his, his house uh, vandalized by imps, which starts to starts to bring back some memories. Um, and. As they continue to wander, they end up back on uh, Vriska's planet from their session. He sees Dad in the distance, and 
something sparks his memory and uh he realizes that he died so yeah there's that yes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh I, this continues to be a good part agree agree it was it was fun watching the the cogs in John's mind attempt to turn to no avail <laughs> Yeah. So, okay, so we're out of that clipping and we're back to the hub page and our next our next little sequence is continuing Dave Sprite and Jade Sprite. Um and it continues to be the, the turn of Dave Sprite is good. I like him. He's good. Really good. Um they they talk about how they got here, um, and and the sword. Uh, Dave Sprite makes allusions to Jade lighting the forge, um, and he talks about his uh, he talks about his experience uh, doing so and going and getting it. Um, it Dave Dave Sprite explains that uh, basically in all the time that we thought that he was dead. Um, what he was actually doing was going back to, uh, Lohack and just kind of fucking around doing side quests, it seems. Um, and part of that was going back and finding the denizen. Um, and we kind of get this leading line at the end where, uh, Jade Sprite asks, uh, what is all, what does all this stuff have to do about, have to do with the volcano? Um, and... Dave Sprite says, see, it turns out I have no idea how the denizens worked at all. Which will also be a theme throughout this reading. Yeah. Which, I mean, we haven't actually had, like, a real explanation for, like, the denizens mm -hmm. out, out, outside of, like, Terezi getting John to, like, go attempt to kill Typhius. Yeah. Um, we've kind of written them off previously as, like, oh, they're the big video game boss. Uh, but they actually have a bit of, bit more of a role to play, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's also another interesting part about this clipping with the two sprites that I like, and where it kind of, like, calls into contrast the, the difference between the two of them. Yeah. Um, in that Jade Sprite really feels inadequate when she looks at, at Human Jade, and how much braver she is and how much more initiative she has uh, in, in helping people and doing everything. Um, and Dave Sprite is kind of like, well, you came back because she decided that it was time for you to come back. You were forced into this. Um, I, I made the decision to do this, uh, which I, which is, which is good. And it ties in to Dave, especially, um, because uh, Dave Sprite continues to kind of be, like, the the stand-in for, like, a fully realized Dave. Uh, as symbolized by the complete sword, I think. Uh, we're bringing all the symbolism together. It's all coming together. It's happening. It's all coming together. But, yeah, I, Dave Sprite's role is, like, yeah, it's... it's it, he's, he's the Dave that made the decision to come back and of his own free will and to uh, help the timeline, basically. And I, I think Dave Sprite is cool. Dave Sprite is cool. There's, um, there's no thinking to be had. He just is. <laughs> true, true. 
Um, but he he still regards himself as um not the real Dave, which is a like the the day the 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 cornerstone of being a version of Dave is that he this this Dave Sprite is David has taken initiative to do something and has made a huge change uh and like left into the great unknown in in making himself a sprite and he's still to himself he's not enough so there's that um I don't know if you have, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, I, uh, I yeah, you, you said it well. Dave's Dave Liker in the house. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Continuing on, what's our next sequence? Uh, oh, our next sequence is a continuation of the situation on the ship with the 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 trio of I I don't I've I've struggled to come up with a good name for these characters in a group, and I just couldn't. Do you have any Do you have any ideas? Uh, the homies. Uh, the <laughs> the dudes. Uh, the the short characters. Yeah. Any them, them. anyway. <laughs> them capital T them. Period. <laughs> them. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, we see Liv pursue uh the courtyard droll, uh, pickpocket him masterfully, take the wallet back, remove the tumor from the wallet. And put the wallet back. Uh, so... Absolutely fucking strategic. 600 IQ play. Um, so... WV up top uh, realizes the, wa- the the wallet is gone. Liv has successfully retained the tumor. And CD escapes uh, in one of, the, one of these little dropships. Um, believing whatever his mission was to have been a success. He's so happy. I'm good for, good him. for him. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> and for the last panel we have on this page, pain. This one we have pain. Is, <laughs> That's we what we have, have. We have pain. <laughs> Dad's fedora is carried by the breeze. His bloody fedora is carried by the breeze and is caught by Nana Sprite. Ouch, man. This ain't okay. So, yeah, um, we end moving on to our third set of clippings. Uh, but before we go to the clippings, um, there's a little bit of main page action happening here and header action happening. Um, the, Scratch starts hearing a bang, like a, a continued loud banging noise, uh, from somewhere in his house hotel apartment mansion um and he grabs a broom and he resolves uh to go and uh deal with uh a, a certain she acting up man um and i i wonder yeah. i wonder what that's about i i sure hope it's nothing extremely concerning <laughs> hope not anyway uh he he leaves us to, with uh, our big bowl of arrow commands and a whole bunch more clippings to peruse so 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 let us let us continue um again the first one on this page is the dave and rose sequence um which we left off at uh rose revealing that she is neither uh asleep nor dead 
Um, and it is explained that Rose is, in fact, visiting the Dream Bubbles in person, uh, as the moon is currently passing through, uh, that, that region of space, question mark. Um, they make some pretty elaborate sports jokes in a back and forth. They all, <laughs> they all went over my head. I, I, I was staring at all the sports shit, not knowing if I should write anything down or or make any form of comment at all it i don't know i don't know anything about sports I'll, I'll, okay i know enough about sports to understand that like none of it like it's all purposely nonsense oh yeah i got that i just i i don't know like Ro- rose and dave are they're, they're pretty smart characters they got brains in their noggins and i didn't know this if is... there was some sort of meaning behind the shit or if it was just shit i don't think that this is elaborate sports joke based 40 chess but it is pretty good banter yeah um but uh it what it it, it does kind of veil dave's very real tension and uh still being upset about rose uh knocking him out so that he couldn't go on the mission himself yeah um, let's see. Uh, Dave pretty much says, um, you know, I, I don't want you to die. Uh, which is, you know, a good enough excuse as any for be- why he would be angry about uh, not being able to go on the mission himself. Uh, Rose entertains the possibility of waking him up again. Um, and, uh... Dave says, "Dave says, okay, do it." And she says, "Well, I'm only going to do it if you promise not to to stop me." Uh, to which Dave kind of says, "You know, uh, nah." Um, there's another back and forth about uh what what Dave can do. Um, and more more tension, I guess. Um, and it kind of. I, the the part that stands out to me is when Dave says, you know, if I'm promising not to chase you down, then there's not really any hurry to wake up, uh, which is very kind of reminds you of the situation that we're in right now and, like, how to Rose and Dave, like, this is their last chance to talk before, before Rose dies. Yeah. Man. Like... <laughs> Like that's fucked up. These kids, these characters are young. The the these children are are thirteen year years old. The, the... <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's I don't I don't know. I I mean I. It's 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 really tragic. It's heavy. Um, it's 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 a lot. Heavy is the word I'm looking for. The. But yeah, um, they're 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 mo they're they're this this moment is interrupted by uh I forget his uh agent name Diamonds Droog yes Di- um, <laughs> Diamonds Droog or Douche Dag as Douche Dag <laughs> yeah yes Douche Dag um. Shows up, uh, not in the memory, um, actually there with Rose and, and the bunny on the moon, 
um, to uh, to fuck things up. Uh, a funny little detail on this page is that uh, Liv Tyler has folded herself back up into the box. Uh, oh. On the, the page that Didi has reappeared, or has appeared. Which I thought was a cute detail. Um, But the, the stakes are now very high again. Uh, even higher, uh, as there is a direct threat to Rose's life on board. Yeah. Um, he absolutely but... fucks up Dave. Dave... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, he goes for the wrong target. Um, and... <laughs> another dead Dave on the pile. Um... I, I hate how funny the page of Dave being stabbed is. It... it... I, I know that it's I just said like the face is man. what what makes it funny. Yeah, I know. I know that we just said like, man, this is like some high stakes, really tough shit here. And then Dave gets fucking stabbed in his D- dream. Dave gets fucking stabbed, and it is the funniest looking thing ever. <laughs> um, but of course, this wakes up um the 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 actual. Dursite Dave. It's a little bit confusing going between a character's dreaming self and their waking self who are now visually the same. Yeah. But, uh... uh, Dave proper wakes up, very slowly turns his gaze skyward, and, uh... fucking rips ass, uh, out of the... out of... right on his way to, uh, to to the moon. He's gonna go save the day. Hell yeah. Dave owns. Dave does own. <laughs> I really like the the page of him like thirty nine forty one, like excruciatingly slowly looking upwards. Yeah, it when I when when I first encountered it, I thought it was a still image. And I I, I saw like one frame move and I was like, wait. And I went back and then I watched He's it. He's looking. He's looking. Yeah, I, I don't want to, like, get too, like, speculative of, like, what the, Dave's thinking in this moment, but, like, I feel like the slow action of him looking upwards is indicative of some kind of realization or yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because uh, it's like, the the whole debate between them was, like, which one has to die, because, like, only one of them needed to go, but, like... Mm-hmm. With with this revelation, uh, I, I take the slowly looking upward as like a realization of like, oh shit, I have to save Rose so that the plan mm-hmm. can be complete. But that means both of us have to die now, because like once yeah. he goes up there, he's gonna have to stay up there, presumably. Yeah, that, that's that's basically what I was thinking. Um, yeah, visual storytelling it's it's effective. It is effective. Uh, but regardless, Dave uh, blasts off, um, and we return back to the the route selection. Um, we mix up the order a little bit. Um, instead of going back to John Navrisco, we instead go to uh, Dave Sprite and Jade Sprite. Um, this is another uh, this is another pretty interesting one. Um, more Dave Sprite, good. So Dave Sprite talks about confronting um, his denizen early. And, uh, Hephaestus. Um, and, uh, apparently, um, the first, uh, miss, 
misassumption they made about the denizens was that <laughs> they would be asleep um, if they visit them early. Uh, turns out they, uh, they're already awake if you go and visit them early. Um, and so Dave, Dave Sprite first talks about uh, visiting Hephaestus uh, before he was a Sprite in the, in the Doom timeline. Um, and there's a counter there. And what happened there was that, uh, Dave stood basically no chance, um, and was horribly outmatched, uh, and Hephaestus offered him a choice, uh, and his, his response to that choice was fleeing the battle with his life. And this, this choice is underlined and capitalized, so you know that it's important. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so Dave Sprite says that this, in his original encounter, it ended with him, he took a capture with the camera to get his hammer code, and then, uh, got out of there, skedaddled. Um, but as Dave Sprite, uh, when he was cleaning up quests in, on Lohack in the Alpha timeline, uh, he went and he visited Hephaestus again. Um... And Hephaestus did not fight him because Dave Sprite did not initiate, did not initiate a, a combat, and Hephaestus did not either. Uh, and so in this encounter, he looked him up and down and he gave him another choice. Uh, a, uh, a completely different choice. Yes. Um, and the choice that in, in question is that Hephaestus looked Dave Sprite up and down. Um, he saw the broken sword uh, that belonged to him and he's he's pissed off about it but he's restrained um and he says that he can repair uh any one any any one thing he can anything can be fixed but only one thing and dave sprite without thinking uh just said fix the sword uh dave sprite asks as opposed to what and dave sprite admits that he didn't really give it much consideration but it felt like the right thing um, and I, 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 I think that's, that's leading to something, but I'm not sure what, I guess. Uh, um, I feel like, I, I feel like it's not really leading up to anything. I think the choice, um, is definitely based on the circumstances of the person who is being offered the choice and that the choice mm -hmm. will fulfill something that has to happen just in that moment uh as we see with the with the sword choice we we see what happened with the sword uh and the sword was kind of needed mm -hmm. um but yeah i well we're gonna spoilers but we're gonna see in another one of these clippings that the the choice that the denizen gives is like always very significant yeah and it there are specific outcomes that it leads to, and it is a it is it is a a choice where both of the outcomes mean something. Yeah, and this one stands out to me a little bit in that Dave Sprite doesn't even entertain uh, a a second possibility. It was just you can repair one thing, but only one thing. And there's God knows there are a lot of things in this comment that could use repairing. Um, and Dave Sprite just went with his gut and said the the sword. So I don't know. It 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 smells as lame to me, but I'm not sure what. 
Hmm. Um. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I. It could just be a joke about the disc being scratched. <laughs> that would that that would be something if th- this is just like a leading on to that they could have just fixed the session here. Um, but I'm going to choose to believe for my own sanity's sake that that's not the case. <laughs> um, continuing, uh, Jade Sprite, uh, again, talks about, um, her inability to help, uh, when compared to the real, the real Jade, quote-unquote, and her admiration for her. Um... And uh, as the the meteors start to land, as the battlefield is bombarded uh, during the uh, by the reckoning, um, the two sprites kind of Jade Sprite doesn't want to go, and Dave Sprite is kind of set like you know I'm I'm in pretty bad shape. I think this is my last uh, my last stop, which is similar to the the, the Dave and Rose conversation is a very somber reminder of this like oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but Dave Sprite says, you know, you, you might not be Jade, but you, you have some advantages, so you can, why don't you try to use your, your spacey powers to help out in this case. And, uh, Dave Sprite musters the, musters the energy to, uh, do some Beck shit and warp the sword away. Which we saw up here on Durst, so the, the, the threat is complete. We don't have to worry about yep. tracking that sword. Yep. Wait, I didn't even realize that uh, when when Dave wakes up, is that the complete sword? Um, it's before he broke the sword. Uh, the there's a there's a gif panel that shows the sword appearing, and it like right, flashes right. green before it appears. So okay, okay. Yeah, oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. What I what I suddenly thought of. I was like, oh, did Jade Sprite, like, give Dave the sword before he took off? It's like, no, okay. More of me being bad at Homestuck. It's fine. No one's ever truly good <laughs> at Homestuck. Homestuck speedrunner? That's real. Um, that... Is it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How do you... Sp- uh, the, Homest- it, it... the Homestuck speedrun is visit every page. I, I think that's just the limitation. <laughs> Explain this to me more in depth once we're done with the reading. Okay. <laughs> um, because this is a fascinating topic. Um, so one one more, not not okay, not one more. Um, uh, we're now back to form. We're now back in the in the in the John and Vriska one. Um, and it we we get the reveal that this John, uh, there's a reason that John can't remember anything involving Vriska. And that's because this is the John that Therese uh, got killed. Um, this is Doomed John. Um, which is uh, more than a little bit cruel in a cosmic sense for Briska. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic that we have set up here. It's, it's the John who never got the second conversation and the Briska who never got the last conversation. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I I I'll admit I think I'm usually a little bit less susceptible to the Vriska stuff than you are, but this like reveal and the the great cruel irony of it, like I I was feeling the pain too. Yeah, it 
it's when 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 we first had uh the the first few Vriska and John conversations, I I talked a lot about how like John was kind of like a blank slate to her that that she could like get a fresh start and mm-hmm. like like you said it's on a cosmic level it's like way more fucked up now because she's getting that blank slate again when she doesn't want the blank slate she yeah. she had already like built up this relationship with John and now it's just been like ripped from her and she has to start from scratch yeah um and it is the the pain is made ever more bittersweet by just John being being John yeah. and <laughs> being so open to get to know her again um oof oof but uh yeah and they decide that maybe a good a good point is to is to show what happened uh before John died um which quite conveniently uh will also fill some things in for us the reader yes um so the the portal brings brings them brings them to them to this palace uh the this giant structure housing Typhius. um and uh as 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 he proceeded in um the, he they he found this organ um and it plays a song from the Super Nintendo game Secret of Mana uh, the organ doesn't, but the ambience does. Does it? Yeah, this is just from Secret of Mana. <laughs> this is copyrighted music, by the way. It keeps happening. What? Um, it, it's it, not not okay. So the last uh, the 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 last time this happened, it was um like a remix of the Chrono, of a Chrono Trigger song. Yeah. This is this is just a track from Secret of Mana. Man, uh, how will they get away with putting this in print? <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't realize until I was reading this in the unofficial collection, um, and the link just it just said "Secret of Mana," and I'm like, <laughs> is that like somebody's uh, copyright uh, um, irreverent artist name? No, it's it's just from the <laughs> Super Nintendo game "Secret of Mana." That's really funny. Um. But regardless, uh, the organ uh, turns to be a little bit of a of a of a cock tease. Um, I was like, I saw this and I was like, oh, remember how in uh like the first couple acts, like every character had an instrument they're associated with. Yeah. I was like, oh, is, are we gonna get some piano stuff? And then he doesn't play the organ. Just you wait. Put a big fucking pin in that. <laughs> I will. Um, but right, but right now it's 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 annoying. It's definitely a big cock tease. Uh, but, regardless, organ or not, um, John says that what happened here kind of gave him a different perspective on, on his death, and that it was necessary, um, because John dying here was what spurred, uh, the doomed Dave to come back, and, as Dave Sprite, and, obviously, things could never have worked out as well as they did if not for Dave Sprite. Um, and he recounts that, uh, he came face to face with with an awake Typhius, much like Dave did. Maybe Dave's right did. Um, Riska is uh, a little bit horrified by this, um, and recounts that uh, as in their session they were maybe a little bit too good at the game, and they all killed their denizens before uh, 
interfacing with them perhaps the intended way, because Briska's not really one for boring riddles, and so her denizen, uh, she just ignored all that stuff that she was saying. Whereas John, on the other hand, um, says, you know, he might be ugly, but Typhius is really not a bad guy when you get to know him. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And it's such a it's such a good hook as well. But unfortunately, we are once again yanked away from this part uh, for for more unrelated Egbert pain. It, it hurts. Not um, not just Egbert pain, Fedora freak pain. <laughs> or the the fabled Fedora freak sad stuck, uh, lost to time nearly. Um, but I I think you could possibly describe it as that. <laughs> anyway. Um, that we go back to Nana Sprite, um, who, among, who has found, uh, the PDA, uh, of all things, on the battlefield. Um, I don't know how, I, 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 it slips my mind how this may have gotten here. Um, the last I remember of this was, uh, it getting thrown into the oil as, as it was rising on, uh, Loas? Yeah, uh, Nana Sprite's pendant, which she was presumably still inside of, was also tossed into the oil. So I just kind of interpreted it as, like, she just kind of retrieved it? She, you see, in the last clipping, though, I'm pretty sure that she just came across it on the battlefield. It, it doesn't matter how it got here. Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really need to matter, because all that this does is, uh... Wrap up question mark the Fedora Freak yeah. saga and have Nana deliver some exposition to the reader. Yeah. Um but what a way to do it. Um So on the Serious Business app, uh Fedora Freak has continued to document uh his trials and tribulations um on on in an unknown land uh with no with nothing to drink besides his own piss. Um, uh, he, he talks about the suburb equipment, which got me, which, uh, is a really great, uh, throw, continues to be a great throwaway gag that I, I don't think that we ever get to see the mythical fedora freak session, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, we get, we get more fedora freak documentation, uh, before Nana Sprite, uh, steps in, um, as, as PipeFan413, uh, to, 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 to have a conversation with him, um, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit pain, uh, because Nana, Nana Sprite, uh, is either playing dumb for Fedora Freak's sake, or is, is simply concerned for where her son has gone, uh, and, Wants to wants to talk to Fedora Freak, uh, as he may or may not lay dying, just to console herself and I guess him in the process, which is like, it, it's it's the Fedora Freak sad stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I before we get into Nana's Nana Sprite's like story, um, I want to give a shout out to. 
the 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 common fan demand to to see Fedora Freak's ascended form after uh wasting away on his supposed quest bed and his ascension to the as the gent of piss I um, <laughs> I'm I'm glad you brought up gent of piss because I was going to if you didn't a forever forever unrequited uh demand Hey Homestuck 2 team um, another piece of, of, of lost knowledge that was confirmed by Hussey about, about Fedora Freak is, um, the, the big question here for the reader is, who, who was his server player? Well, mm-hmm. uh, and Hussey confirmed that his server player was a serious business user too busy for this, who only had <laughs> one message appear on serious business. So... <laughs> that's good it, it is good uh, I, uh, part of me like this is now like like sparking my mind like i would love to see a spin-off comic of like a group of grown adults trying to play suburb um it does not have to be anywhere near as long as, as homestuck ended up being but I, w- I would love to see the kind of situations that the game would cook up for a bunch of middle-aged men and not a bunch of teenagers who are all in in prime positions to do some personal growth via video game quest interface. Not even just like grown adults, like gr- grown adults who are like obsessed with business shit. <laughs> business dads, I need this. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, on to Nana's story. Uh, so this is um exposition, I guess. Uh, pretty crazy. So, Nana begins telling a story of a, a boy and a girl uh, who were raised by a, a wicked, wicked batter witch. Um, and it becomes pretty evident uh, that this is about her own childhood pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and it, it, I, don't, I don't think I need to say who the batter witch specifically is. Um... But it's interesting that we're hearing about it at this point. Uh, so they, these, this, this boy and this girl were raised by a, a cruel mother. Um, they grew up under her reign, and uh, at, at a certain age, uh, the boy, Grandpa, uh, fled with with Harley, the dog, as we've seen before, and Nana stayed behind and was raised uh, in the baking arts. At one point during her childhood, the truth was revealed that the that her and Grandpa were not in fact siblings, uh, and they were not in fact uh, the Baroness's children, but they were in, they in fact fell from the sky, and they were supposedly destined to be married and have a son and a daughter who would save the world, which is a an a bit of an eyebrow raiser, um, and that the Baroness made it her life's goal to work against this and prevent this act from ever happening. Eventually, the Baroness vanished, um, but ultimately was successful in her goal because Nana and Grandpa never reunited. And Nana eventually found uh, her own uh, husband elsewhere, uh, and uh, we know the rest of the Egbert family line continued from there. Um... And when, when the Baroness vanished, the company 
Her her baking company, her Bates Goods company, was left to Grandpa, and uh, it 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 ends on this this impressive hook of Nana before the Baron, uh, before, she never had a chance to get revenge uh, with all the knowledge she had accumulated growing up. Uh, because she knew the Baroness's greatest secret was, which was that she was not human. Gasp! Holy moly! Whoa! Holy crap! Whoa! What's going on here? What do you mean, Betty Crocker's not human? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I, we there were we joke we well we we joked quite uh quote unquote. Uh, like, way, way, way back, uh, back during Act 1 about, you know, Betty Crocker being a villain, um, but it, it turns out that it's true. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, Who could have called that? Here on page 3,956 out of 8,000, uh, <laughs> we, it, it's, it's not a joke anymore. It's real. Betty Crocker is real, is not human, and is important enough to warrant a, a section of exposition in uh, a wind-up scene before one of the most climactic events of the entire comic. Put the biggest pin in your collection in that. Yes. Um, uh. but before, before we part ways with, with the Fedora Freak section, um, as, as you were going through the, the, the text... Um, I did a little bit of research, and I found a fan adventure that was literally started this month Oh, about Fedora Freak and Too Busy for This doing their session. Uh, good. Um... <laughs> Uh, on on the random off chance that this is that this is the work of a listener, great shit, great shit, support it. Um, I I there's only a few pages. Uh, it's only a month's worth of pages, so it's it's not really that many. Uh, but they they've taken the liberty of the fact that too busy for this only sent one message, so there's really no concrete character for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 have taken liberties and made too busy for this game, bro. So oh my it's God. about Fedora Freak and Game Pro having a session. <laughs> uh this this will be posted alongside this episode, uh uh for sure. Yeah, because uh, I also want to check this out. Yeah. Um but it goes to show that uh even in the year of our Lord 2020, the fandom is still creating amazing, amazing things. So good. <laughs> um Regardless, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else to say about the Fedora Freak chunk uh, or Nana's story uh, that that we can't that we can say without it being a spoiler. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Yeah, we can we can move on. We can. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna push us back. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna push us forward again. We we keep tracking on. And this one is the hardest panel to click, uh, which is the, um continuation of the the short characters and their their misadventures um so we pick back up uh this courtyard joel is escaping on the little drop ship um he's uh still missing the tu- the uh, the tumor and the ring um he calls up jack uh and 
relays this, and Jack uh, is, is is pissed and reminds him that his actual mission was to kill Jade. Idiot. Um, what a dum-dum. What a dummy. I love him. <laughs> I, I, li- I like CD. Um... Jack, uh, it seems, decides that if you want to, if you want a job done right, uh, you got to do it yourself. Uh, WV on the ship um, starts freaking out, realizes the wallet is gone. Uh, checks to make sure he still has the ring. Thank God. Um, but not only does he notice he has the ring, but he notices uh, he has a much bigger problem, which is that Jack has arrived on the battleship. Man. And and it explodes. Fucked. Getting real worried for our boy here, not gonna lie. Man, I sure hope nothing happens to him. <laughs> he has he has plot to do in the future. Yeah, shit. Um it's a, it's a it's a short one. Uh let's see. And the the last one, um on the on this page, uh is 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 starts a new one, which is Jade. Uh, presumably shortly after the fight uh, between her and Jack, featuring Dave. Um, and she it starts out by her being trolled by Carcat. Um, this is Carcat. Uh, this is a past Carcat uh, from before. He found out what was going on with Gamzee, so he's still worried about him. Um. Yeah. He. He does this long ingratiating attempt at a password that is incorrect. He throws an absolute shit fit over this password. <laughs> Malding Carcat. Um and uh th- this is this chunk uh really just serves to reveal that Jade also has some denizen stuff going on. Yeah. Uh and that her and Kanaya have elected to work together uh to uh, with the denizen, uh, for something important. Um, they've reached an understanding. It's, it's, it's all kept pretty vague, uh, for, for car, for, for past car cat's sake, uh, and, and the password bullshit. But, there's that. Um, and it, it leads off on, uh, Kanaya is opening a memo, so we'll get more explanation shortly-ish. So we move on to the I've lost count of which one of these clipping pages this is. Um but there's another one. Uh so starting at 3974. Um thankfully, uh the next one numerically is a direct continuation of the past sequence, um more or less. Uh they're on the memo. Um we now see that this is the part that was alluded to before, where Jack is kind of following Jade around, uh, like a, like a lost puppy, um, but also an evil, omnipotent murder god. Um, and we'll get the reveal, well, not really a reveal, but, uh, it's, it's brought up again that Jack hates frogs. Uh, it is, it is in the, the Dursite... DNA in the game for them to have a natural revulsion and hatred for frogs and have a genocidal instinct towards them. Yeah. Uh, the comic really wants you to keep this in mind. The, yeah, the Jack hates it, frogs. Cannot stand frogs. Really bringing it into into focus here. Uh, in, in, in case you can't tell by the panel of 
of him brutally stomping on a frog. This man hates frogs. I think this is a new uh, threshold of violence for the comic. Yes. I think this is really fucked up. <laughs> this this represents a bigger jump than the than actually the intermission did. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but, um, can I come to the memo? Um, to explain this, uh, they talk about um finding the last frog and what the deal with Echidna was for. Um, apparently the last frog was is of vital importance. So Jada's found all the frogs. Uh, to to breed the perfect Genesis frog and get the all the gene sequence from, but there is one remaining. Uh, that, that they need to locate it, which they have, and do the whole purify it, get the gel, you know, do the ectobiology thing on it. Um. The, the last frog, the location of the last frog, uh, was specifically uh, back when Jade was on Earth and she was younger. Uh, she wandered into into one of the swamps on the island uh, and found this funny little rainbow-eyed frog. Uh, it, was, it was shiny. Uh, it, had, it had rapidly cycling eyes. And she picked it up uh, and in a pretty quickly it got fried by Beck. Uh, which is kind of fucked up. Ab- absolutely owned, mm-hmm. fried, crispy, and kind of calls in kind of calls in a question why Beck would do that. Um, but yeah, uh, to talk about uh, it, it, it specifically goes to show um, after this happened, uh, building the dream bot uh, to to for to keep track of Jade's dreams. And it it calls visual attention to the Betty Crocker logo on the chest plate of the dream bot. <laughs> Which is really funny. Yes, out of out of context, uh, this is probably one of the funniest dramatic reveals in Homestuck. Um, but there's another there's another line that gets dropped, uh, or another conversation that gets dropped, um about Echidna and their exchange with, and Jade's exchange with her, with the denizen. Um, and it's in reference to the choice, again, uh, like Dave Sprite was talking about. And what Jade specifically says here is the choice that she gives you seems to have to do with facing mortality. And choosing one path or the other will live to your death, and the other one will live to believe you living. But that your death might be necessary to, compl- to complete a goal. Uh, Kanaya does a little bit of legwork for us and says, yeah, I've inferred that all of them do that. Um, and Akin, so there's that. And Akin also made one other demand, uh, to Jade, uh, in exchange for, uh, her help, which was that should they be successful, um, they have to bring the lands, the consorts, the denizens, the whole hog with them. Which is kind of like, you know, how the fuck are they going to do that? Damn. How, how, how's, how's Jade going to fit all those planets in her pockets? How's that going to happen? Can't, you can't capture log a whole planet. <laughs> you, you joke, but now I'm wondering, like, what the, like, we've seen, we see, we've seen how big the tumor is. What's the limit? We need, the, we need this to be lampshade. What is the limit? <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I don't I don't think we've ever seen a limit. <laughs> Just discussy. Sloppy writing. Anyway, um the next one it kinda comes out of nowhere. I <laughs> um and I am going to vote this as the worst page in the comic. Yes, yes. <laughs> big big thumbs down on this entire page. So, uh listeners, if you if you aren't keeping track numerically, the next page that we're talking about is the the one between Gamzee and Tavros. Um and it's it's it sucks. Um for it's it's a multi-dimensional like polyhedron of suckitude um yeah i don't even think there's any content in 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 this in this at all like i yes the worst part the most offensive part of this by far is that it it comes in like when you have to be reading everything because it is just dropping exposition left and right and this is just bullshit it's so fucked up i Um, the the way I feel about this page, uh, the, the there's this one video that gets passed around on Twitter every so often. Uh, it's this girl and she's holding a a minion plushie, and, and she's trying not to look at it, and then she looks at it and she just freaks out and starts like trying to tear it apart. That's how mm-hmm. I feel about this. I understand. Uh, all I have written on my notes for this is ah. <laughs> um, I wrote man. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> I, I committed one less letter to this page than you did. Um, so, for the sake of our listeners, uh, I will summarize this, because I cannot blame anybody who completely fucking phased out of this, because it's impossible to read. They have the worst rap-off ever, and then Gamzee hits on Tavros. It's so fucked up. It, it comes out of nowhere. Um... I know that we've previously, like, brought up uh, PB&J as, like, one of the worst Homestuck ships overall, as well as one of the most influential. Yeah. Um, and I I believe every time that it's come up previously, it's just kind of like, I don't know where this comes from, it's weird, it's stupid, <laughs> um, but now I know where it comes from, and it's still stupid and weird. Uh, Man. Yeah, uh, I, I, I can't dissect it any more than like, than that. Um, moving on. (laughs) Uh, I'm not even like, yeah, moving on. Nothing left to say. Gotta get out of here. Uh, the, 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 the WV ship crisis continues. Um. The half, half of the ship that WV is on uh, is blazing and smoking through space uh, into a, a sky portal. Um, at the last moment, uh, Liv Tyler escapes on one of the other dropships with the tumor in hand and uh, blasts away. And uh, we see the, we see the, the, the ship come out of the portal on the other side uh, to, the, to the grayscale post-apocalyptic Earth. As the collection of things from Jade's living room, or from the foyer in Jade's house, that Beck teleported away back in Descend, uh, floats through space. 
It's a good callback. I was really confused at why this showed up at this point. I, um, just just as a I, reminder, did that shit still there. up there? <laughs> yep. Um. And we yeah we see uh the the ship streak through the sky of the post apocalyptic Earth as a um early PM uh, looks up and is distressed by this sight. And that's what we get of that. And, and, so now we know how WB ended up on uh, on Earth yeah, again, yeah. or on Earth. Thus, the 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 plot is connected. We have the full yes. WV story. Now we just need to check up on him. Yep. Let's see the next one. Uh, Scratch goes to answer the door, broom in hand. He looks pretty pissed off. He's kind of like on fire a little bit. Um. And that's it. He's going. He is certainly um, going. He's certainly going. Uh, next one. Um, Aradia moment. Very nice. Um, so we go back to, uh, this is, I, I believe, like, this is Aradia, uh, sitting in front of the green sun, uh, kind of just chilling. Uh, Salik shows up. Um, she's like, hey, what are you doing out here? Uh, cause he's out of a dream bubble and you're not supposed to be able to do that. Uh, but I... I guess Salik's can, because he has one foot in the grave. Um, pun intended, I guess. He's yes. half dead. Yes. Uh, and uh, he asks Aradia, what, what's going on? What's the plan? And she's like, oh, I'm just hang hanging out here, waiting for the humans, and waiting for the rest of the trolls coming up. Um, they're going to bring your bar- your, we're gonna They're going to bring your body, Salix. We're going to have a big corpse party. Woo! Corpse party. Wow! Let's go. That's a game. That is a game. A game I've never played. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> um But yeah, uh we hit the big uh kind of anticlimactically, but we hit the big uh 4K here. Um when they're just kind of chilling in front of the green sun. Um page 4000 everybody. Crazy. Cool. Wow. And uh yeah. Um we go. We move on to the next uh, clippings page, um, but there appears to only be only be one of them. Just one. Um, I'm for. I fervently had to check to make sure there was another one I missed, just in case. Yeah, I. I, I, I said that. I, mean, <laughs> I said I mean like, oh fuck! I hope there's nothing else. But there's just the one. Um, so here, it, it past Carcat in the in the SNES RPG that may or may not be Chrono Trigger room. Um, doing doing the memo thing again. Uh, same same memo with uh with Jade and Kanaya. Um. However, this car cat has uh become this this is a little bit less past car cat because he knows that Gamzee's going on his murder rampage. Yeah. Um, and uh, he is he has convinced himself that he is in a doomed timeline and he's fucked. Um. Because why else would... Well, his thought process is that one of the Doom Doradias previously uh, let it, said that she came from the timeline where Gamzee went crazy and murdered everybody. And so Karkat's logic is like, oh fuck, this is a Doom timeline thing. Uh, and it's my fault for letting it happen. Um, and he goes on to explain what he thinks the, his fault was that fucked everything up. Um, and it's a kind of a big one. 
Oh yeah. Uh, I I don't know how many instances of Carcat like having a crisis moment and apologizing for things we're gonna get, but I feel like this is like our ninth or tenth of them. Carcat just keeps blackpilling himself, just over Carcat and over. Carcat has a lot of like self awareness moments, like critical self awareness moments. Um, but yeah, uh, he drags it out a bit, or the the pages do because there's not a lot of text per page. But Carcat says, um, that he thinks that the fuck up was that he rushed Kanaya on finishing the frog breeding, and they never got the last frog like Jade just did. And because Carcat insisted on rushing it forward and half-assing it, everybody is going to die. Um, true, true. And the way that Carcat puts this all together is that he he gave the universe cancer. He, he it it was incomplete, and he made it sick. Wow, C- crab guy. Gave gave it cancer. Yeah, Car- carcino g- g- geneticist. Carcinogenesis. Car- carcin- <laughs> um, the, it was there in front of our eyes the entire time. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> genius hussy. Truly, truly, a big-brained man. <laughs> and the the way that Carcat frames this is that uh. The universe frog, and aka the entire universe the kids live in, is is was is is not only doomed to fail because of its sickness, but that sickness, that cancer, has physically manifested itself in the form of their Jack and his murderous uh, hatred of frogs and the universe by extension. Which you know. I I makes sense, I guess. Kind of neat. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, more, more panels. Um, last one. I think. Yeah. yeah last yeah, one. Last, last one. panel. Bit. Last one. We're 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 All almost right. there. Okay. So. Continued from that last sequence. Um. The the tumor is literally that. It's it, where where um where the universe would normally have a, a quote unquote reproductive system as Carcat puts it, uh instead it only has a corrective measure for the failed session, which is the tumor, which was will blow up the, the universe. Um Jack was agent of the disease and uh Carcat uh once again apologizes for engineering being the engineer of the kid's failure uh as Jack stares down Billius Slick, the universe frog, at the center of the trolls uh universe. So uh yeah. Shit's going down. Shit is and going we also down. See we, we see a timer yes, as well. Yes, we do. One more timer. Uh, as, as Jack reaches out uh, to do his Red Miles thingy, uh, directed it at, at, at the Genesis Frog, 
the timer start is, is is counting down from ten seconds. So shit's getting real. You, We're not done yet. You did kind of skim over it, but uh, the the frog the frog seems to be specifically sick with red miles. Uh, mm. We we saw it slipping through. Uh, at the point in time where we left the exiles, um, mm-hmm. so put a pin in that. Something might yeah. happen with that. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see in maybe two episodes. <laughs> we'll see if if Jack uh, reaching out to at, at the liter- at the manifest physical manifestation of the kids universe may or may not have any repercussions for what actually occurs within that universe. Not saying it does or doesn't, just pointing it out. So true. Um, let's see. Uh, we got we got two more clippings. We got two more clippings. Um, so one of them, the first one, is uh way way back. Uh, this is well, kind of way way back. Um, Gamzy messages young Dave. Um, post, post murderous rampage Gamzee, uh, post, I guess, given a big smooch to, to Tavaris's corpse Gamzee, um, th- th- this really came out of nowhere, I don't like it, um, but yeah, this Gamzee messages Dave, um, as a kid, uh, with, with all of the vindictive fury they can muster after having snapped after be, being exposed to the ICP video yeah. by Dave. Um, we, um, this conversation was hinted at like way earlier, uh, mm-hmm. in the conversation where Dave sent him the link. He was like, Oh, it's you. The guy who said everything was my fault. Here's yeah. the link. So yeah. <laughs> Dave really an asshole for this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Gamzee kind of rants and raves in an insane fashion about the apocalypse and his religion and the the blasphemy that Dave exposed him to and uh, how it showed him the funny side of things. Um, and uh, Dave thinks it's hilarious. And... Uh, doesn't really seem to take it to heart, which we could have inferred from the from the actual conversation in question. Yeah. But, uh, in finding this funny, Dave thinks it would be funny, funnier, to get him a pre-release song from from assumably from ICP, um, that he got from a leaked inside source, <laughs> and. Uh, the leaked inside source in question is uh, I, the verified Betty Crocker account on his delirious biznassy <laughs> chat client. Much to think about. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it's it's so uh, like it's really weird how abruptly Betty Crocker is suddenly a real villain. Or, like, a real thing again, and not just a meme, like, a dumb joke. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, y- yeah, in- interesting, um, 
And also that the the tiny URL link that uh, is sent to Dave is tinyurl.com slash motherfucking miracles. Interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. What else? Uh, Gamzee also talks about his dark chuckle voodoos. And uh, apparently um, used some technique to manifest uh the the evil clown the evil jack clown puppet in in john's dreams that's that's the power of the chuckle voodoos that's what they yeah, do yeah I, I i guess it is um he also refers to this as uh was it making the universe terminal uh which is a, another cancer thing i guess i um i mean uh it, it it's assumed that like him manifesting this i mean not assumed it's it's very much implied that him manifesting this is is what fucked up john's dreams and made him scrawl about clowns on his walls which made dad buy all the clown mm-hmm. shit which made him prototype the harlequin which made jack wear the hat which made him yep. flip out and and go a wall yeah so really, Gamzee is the agent of of the universe's uh, failure more than Carcat is. Yeah. Hmm. But but even then, uh, Dave was the one that sent him the link. So. So. <laughs> I think Dave Strider's done some really problematic things. We shouldn't be so quick to endorse, honestly. <laughs> Um, well, uh, Gamzee also hints at manifesting Cal in Dave's dreams as well. Yeah. Um, he knows that what Dave is most scared of is puppets, and that, uh, he resolves to fuck dr- Dave's dreams up and make him dream of puppets. Uh, which is also, like, in insane reveal that, uh, we, we now have a full circle for Cal, I guess, um, more or less, or at least... I, it, we've connected back to his origin story because I don't think that Cal's story is quite done yet. Yeah. But we know how it came to be, yeah. which is that Gamzee channeled negative psychic energy to Dave <laughs> to make him dream up Cal. Cal, how did Cal leave Durst? Uh, uh, he was on the. He was. He he ended up on the meteor. He he was thrown out of Dave's room and then landed on Bro's rocket board, which took him to the lab. Where where the babies were made, and then baby bro took him back to Earth with him. Yes. Uh. (laughs) It's the the story of Cal is like one of the more convoluted things that's just all over the fucking place. Homestuck. Homestuck. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Uh. (laughs) Cal origin story. Um. Complete question mark. Uh, but yeah. Uh, basically, this is all Cal's fault as well. Yes. Um, they have the the greatest wrap off in the history of Paradox Space, and it leaves it at that. Um, thank God we don't have to. Thank God we don't have to listen to more of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then we move on to the final clipping. Um. Which is a bit of a, a bit of a drop reveal drop here. Um, so Scratch opens the door um, 
and we find uh, a a small, angry, Aradia-shaped troll smashing a, another fenestrated wall with a chair. The fifth one. The fifth wall. The fifth one. And through the fifth wall, we see Hussey in his god-tier outfit uh, fiddling with two other walls, one of which is the fourth wall. The other one, I don't know what number that one is. Um... But he's fucking around with them. We we the 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 Cairo overcoat is draped over one of them, as we remember from when he gave the girl some privacy. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, lots to unpack here. There's also a yellow yardstick on the ground. Yeah. Uh. I, I guess Hussey is measuring a yard between the two walls for some reason. Interesting. Otherwise, doing that. Um. Yeah. Uh. The small Aradia shaped person is. Also, using a chair that appears to be from a a, 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 a a table, like a table set for a small child. Yeah, the, 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 the furniture is definitely a callback to uh, the furniture that was in the lab that was, like, assumed to be mom stuff. Yeah. But, man. It is not precisely the same, because you can see that the... The headboard has the airy symbol on it, yeah. whereas the one we saw before has the like the cat yeah. head on it. But they are otherwise the same asset, which I is is I looked at and I'm like, whoa, wh- wh- what? Okay, it's interesting. Um. Uh, but yeah, uh, we sign off by um, Doc Scratch spending the young lady's furniture privileges. Man. Which is a, which is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, wild reading. Wow, we're we're at the end already. Holy crap! It only took almost two hours. I I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I thought we were gonna go over the two hour mark. I mean, we really easily still could because I feel like there's a lot to like look at in retrospect. Yeah. Um, it. <sighs> This was one of the more impressive readings in recent memory, I think I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, like, not only did we get, like, a ton of, um, good character stuff. The John and Vriska stuff was, like, stellar. I really enjoyed that stuff. As well as the Rose and Dave things. We got the return of Dave Sprite, which is crazy. We got the return of Jade Sprite, even, which, you know, I guess she might have something to do soon. Um. But, like, we got all this new, new lore shit that's, like, wild. And it's continuing to remind me that Act 6 is just around the corner. Uh, mostly, like, the Betty Crocker shit. Yeah. Uh, like... <sighs> I, I say this, I've seen this, I've seen this, like, literally every time, but, like, Act 6 is not in the distant future. We are setting up for it now. Um, that's wild. Also, the, the, the Handmaid is here, which is funny. Um, I remember basically nothing about the handmaid and her role to play herself. I mostly that has been replaced by the memory of the other <laughs> much more problematic occurrence of this character. Um but yeah, like whole like Green Pages in, in full swing. Jesus Christ. Like that was the meat of the Green Pages right there. That's just wild that that, that we just got through that to me. Yeah, that that was kind of our I think I said this at the beginning of the episode, but it was kind of our last big hurdle before we have two relatively easy episodes 
uh, last of which going to be the big one, the finale, the cascade, the the shit show, the the as you said last episode, the day the internet stood still. I said it at some point, yeah, but yeah, yeah, basically. Um, I'm so excited! Holy fuck! Every time, every time, dude. Uh, what do you? What did you think of the this reading? Or like, are there anything that you want to comment on? Um, I enjoyed the John and Friska stuff, mm-hmm. as as usual. Um, I did not enjoy the 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 Gamzee and Tavro stuff. <laughs> We're pretending this didn't even. Don't even, Alex, edit this out. <laughs> It didn't happen. I didn't say that. I, I, we did not I, see I, it. I did not say that. I can't be canceled for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Walk, walking the line between, uh, like, not offending, like, anybody uh, who might, like, have been a big Gamtav fan, or, like, maybe still leans that way for some weird reason... And also just not being canceled, trying trying to stop, avoid being canceled for bringing it up as a possibility at all. Uh, Truly, we walk a delicate tightrope here. If, at if any of our listeners were really into four chords, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't have anything to follow up with that follow that up with. Just if you were, that's it. If. That's if. <laughs> Um, anything else that's not horrible? Um, I it's 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 hard to sum up my thoughts because a lot a lot happened. Um, right. Uh, I like the the Nepeta and and Jasper's content. Uh-huh. Um, I like the the Nana and Fedora Freak content. <laughs> yeah, there's like there were so many through lines. Yeah, but like I. I it, <laughs> they were all good too is the crazy thing yeah like that i think the closest this reading came to being like interesting thing that was like felt dumb or bad was the weird uh jasper's being neutered thing <laughs> but that came in the middle of a really really good conversation yeah uh i think it's well constructed like like the 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 whole idea of clicking clicking the content that you want to get to first uh I, I like that concept because, like I said at the beginning of the episode, it, it does what Homestuck was already doing. It's just – it's not going to be, like, abrupt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like these pages. Yeah. I think that them they're, – they're very digestible, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like th- – that if you want to follow a through line, then you can just start at the first flippings page, read that chunk, go to the next one, read that chunk, go to the next one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I I was expecting it to be a harder to do than normal, but I honestly find it a lot easier to do than normal because it was like easier to organize in my head. Yeah, I guess. And and none of the pages really like overstayed their welcome, except for one single page, which I will not bring up. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that page wasn't welcome in the first place yeah uh, yeah but but for the most part like everything was like the the way that they were split up uh it worked well and the the non-abruptness of it uh i don't know it's like bite-sized stories within within the homestuck narrative yeah i think that the, something that was neat was that very few of the like they all 
it was like a lot of them would like end off on a big cliffhanger, like or a big reveal to lead in the next one. Yeah. But I felt like all the individual chunks had a purpose to serve just on their own. Yeah. Um, particularly with John and Vriska and uh, Dave and Rose, like I felt like every one of those clippings. I feel like you probably have uh, normally a lot, or, like, that I have a lot trying to do the summary. Uh, when we have a lot of things happening in parallel, or, like, the pages will jump around between which characters are on the page talking, um, is that the there will be a bunch of pages where two characters are talking, and it, nothing there's nothing relevant, but later in the conversation, uh, they'll say something really relevant, That but there's another sequence of events in the middle of it. Yeah. So, I'm sure that you've noticed that we have a lot of situations where, like, I'll be like, okay, so Dave and Jay start talking, and then this other thing happens, and then uh, Dave and Jay, this really important thing happens in the conversation, and then we'll get mixed up because of all that. I felt like all of these were divvied up in a really solid way where there was something to say about the conversation every time. Yeah, And I really appreciate that. Same. Yeah, it was, it it made it a lot easier to digest than I thought it was going to be. It was awesome. Uh... Um, I, it also serves as a good reminder that the plot is still happening in Homestuck. Uh, very much while, so. while, while we may be trapped in this green hell with this white man, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> plot is still happening elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> a lot of plot will happen very fast, very soon. Um... Yeah, the uh, before we get to that, we gotta get the ancestors stuff, uh, which I I I I remember it pretty vividly. Like I remember like all the visuals and stuff. I remember it happening. I forgot that it leaves it until literally the last second possible. Yeah, um, we get to find out what what this funky little troll's doing in this man's house. <laughs> this erotic. I, I didn't have in my notes erotic shaped person, but it's it's so funny to me that I'm going to keep calling her that. Good. Uh, until we find out her formal name. Uh, but yeah. So I guess it's more of a formality than anything because we know what's ha- where we're breakpoint is. But what are our pages for next week? Our pages for next week are going to be forty thirty seven to forty one oh eight. Which is not that many pages, but yeah. but it's it's a, it's going to be a nice little section where we talk about the ancestors. I can talk about my 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 deep love for a, a, a specific series of AMVs dedicated to the to the ancestors. Well, AMVs not the right word. Lyric sucks is the right word. Let me out. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> Don't worry, listeners. Uh, <laughs> the reading is not your only assignment. After you finish oh, the reading, uh, I need you to go on YouTube and look up Papers Everywhere Ancestor oh, Lyric Stuck. And I oh, want you to watch God. all of them. Oh, every every single one of them. The the Run to You one, the the, the one Mumford and Sons ones, uh fuck it, throw in the, the one Imagine Dragons non ancestor one. Just throw that in there too. I'm being forced to host a podcast with an insane person. Please help me. <laughs> Um, you know, I really wish I'd saved anything for to to have the last word because I don't want it to be the last thing. Um, but I didn't. Uh, so I'm I'm going to just take this to the close. If you have no further way to drag us down after that, no, I, I that's it. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, 
Uh, jokes aside, uh, having a wonderful time. Um, uh, so, listeners, so you've been listening to a Homestuck podcast. Uh, I am Aiden. I'm John. Um, thank you, uh, as always, for sitting through a, a, a two-hour two episode. Um, thank you, uh, also, thank you for listening, uh, in, in general. It's awesome. Um, we passed 100 followers, and we are now almost at 110, which is, like, counting tens is lame, but it's cool to me that, like, we didn't hit 100 and then immediately dropped to, like, 97. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad people are sticking around, even though I begged for followers. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, no. Awesome. If you're listening, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, um, also as always, thank you to Alex uh, for being our wonderful editor and artist uh, for all of our shit that we do. Um, would not be possible without you, buddy. And uh, catch us again uh, next week for forty thirty seven for forty one oh eight, our final uh, pre cascade episode, I guess. Yep. Um. So uh, see you next time, everybody. See ya.